Hi, this is Aaron Azrod. Welcome to the 30th episode of the Truth Island podcast. We are told in life that we should always be nice to others, that no good deed goes unrecognized. But what about those times in life where we went that extra mile, held the door open for a stranger, gave someone in need a dollar, or volunteered our free time for a project, only instead of being paid in gratitude, we were simply dismissed, or even worse, slighted for even bothering to care. As we get older, we start to realize that not all strangers, or even friends and family for that matter, may fully appreciate the generosity we so readily wish to give. But does that mean we ought to stop trying? I would like to share here a little story from my personal life of a time that I thought I did something nice, but actually ended up not feeling too great about it. Growing up in Queens, I used to frequent a local CVS for groceries and things that I would just need for the house. And one day I spotted this very elderly lady. I had seen this elderly lady uh, many times before. In this particular instance in the CVS, she stopped me and said, excuse me, could you please help me with my groceries? I live right around the block. And thinking myself or fashioning myself a pretty decent person, I smiled upon her and said, of course, I'll be glad to help you with your groceries. So she gave me her shopping cart and we started walking. As we were walking towards her apartment, she started asking me some very, very weird questions, personal questions. She started making comments about the weather. She started saying things that, well, were rather atypical. By the time we got to her apartment, she started cursing at me and swearing and calling me all sorts of names. And I said, Miss, what's wrong? Like, did I do something wrong? Like, what's going on here? Or do you need any help? But she just kept on swearing and cursing at me. I ended up delivering the groceries right to her front door and then departed from her. I did not receive a thank you. I did not receive any form of generosity. She just basically told me to get the F away from her after I had walked, I would say, two to three blocks out of my own way in order to ensure that her groceries were safely delivered. When I left her building, I did not feel really good about myself at all. I didn't feel like I helped anyone, and I didn't get that warm, fuzzy feeling inside that I had made a difference in someone's life. In fact, I felt taken advantage of. But thinking about gratefulness and thinking about the goodness that we do in this world, should we always be doing things to feel good inside? Or is there some other higher purpose that compels us to help others? Joining me to make sense of this topic is Gabby. Gabby, thank you so much for being here. Hi, Aaron. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to discuss all this. Karma is probably one of my favorite topics to talk about. Just because as I've gotten older, I've kind of dealt in more of Buddhism type of thoughts and just kind of practicing gratitude and more positive thoughts in general. You know, as I grow and experience more challenging things in life, uh, it's, it's obviously important to practice more positive thoughts so that you don't get so down on yourself or about the world or about the people around you. But yeah, karma is definitely an interesting thing because a lot of the time, similarly to what you had experienced, you know, you go out of your way to help someone or you do something that you think is going to 
reap the benefits or the rewards, whether it's the immediate warm, fuzzy feeling or maybe something down the lines of like, oh, I remember when I helped that one person and this person decided to help me, that karma's way of repaying me for everything that I had done beforehand. But something that always, you know, I'm always questioning is, well, A, is karma actually a thing? Or is it something <laughs> that we just make up in our heads to make us feel good about doing all the good things and pushing us to actually do those acts of service, donate, maybe uh, volunteer within an organization or something like that? You know, does it make you an actual good person? Or is it just a negative motive behind that act of kindness? Like, are you just doing it to get the brownie points versus doing it because you feel good inside and you're a good human being. Yes, Gabby. Could you elaborate a little bit more exactly how karma points work in, 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 in like a religious sense? It obviously fluctuates from religion to religion, but essentially growing up as a Catholic, it was, if you're a good person, you go to church, you kind of check the box off on a lot of these things you know, you'll be admitted to heaven and you'll get all the riches of the world and you'll experience life in this, you know, beautiful utopian type of place. And if you don't do those good things, then you're going straight to hell and like everything's going to be terrible and not going to be, you know, it's not going to be a pleasant experience. So that's one side of things. And then there's obviously the karmic belief that while you're physically alive and your physical being on this planet, that the more good things you do on your day to day, um, whether in the, that immediate moment or what down the line, you'll reap the rewards of that. So let's say, you know, you help someone with their groceries, then you help someone maybe like move their from apartment to apartment or like all these little itty bitty moments stack up. And then maybe you get a promotion. You're like, Oh, it's cause I had good karma. Like I got the more, I got more money or I got the new job because I did that. Or like, Oh, I was able to like snag this apartment. And no one else was able to get it except for me because I deserved it because I did X, Y, and Z. So, I mean, it's definitely debatable. And I think everyone has a different viewpoint of what karma actually entails. But that's the general understanding of like karma and karmic points, if you will. So it's kind of interesting because we have to make a distinction that there's two types of karma. There's one form of karma, and I I believe this is in uh, Hinduism, is the idea that the more positive things that you do in this world, the better your reincarnation will be. So if you have very low karma at the end of your life, you're coming back as a dog or a cat or a rock or a tree. And if you've got like, (laughs) if you've got like awesome karma, you're coming back as, you know, a billionaire or something or some, some high priest. So there is this idea. And I think that that Hindu version of karma connects with Christianity because it's all about the next life. Like you're going to do all of these awesome things and you're not going to see it in the here and now, but you'll see it in the next life. So in Christianity, you get to be in the kingdom of heaven and in Hinduism, you get to come back as something more awesome or uh, conversely, you come back as something not so awesome. And then there's also this idea of karma in the here and now, like, oh yeah, I gave that homeless guy 10 bucks. I better get that job that I applied to last week kind of karma. So I'm wondering like Gabby, like which karma do do you believe in or or which karma tends to motivate you the most? The one where it's like, I'm going to get rewarded tomorrow for this or the karma of like, yeah, I'm going on to a better place after this life. (laughs) (laughs) I usually go with the one where it's, being here in, in my present physical body, I don't necessarily believe that karma will immediately happen. Like at the flip of a switch, it's something that will happen over time. But you know, the thing with karma too, 
and this is just because I've, I've taken so many different courses and read so many different books in like the self-help type of field. People also say maybe it's not, they don't frame it as karma. They'll frame it as like the universe. They'll frame it as like, you know, putting positive vibes out there and then you get positive vibes back. Like there are a lot of different ways to describe it. Um, but yeah, there, I mean, there are people who, you know, will kind of recognize both factors. So there's, you know, karma physically in the present body, karma as a religious type of, you know, next chapter um, observance. But I mean, we all have our own ways of saying things. Some people just say God, and that's like their own version of it as well. You know, it's, it's also been described as like the universe's banking system, right? Like if you put in enough good stuff, then at some point you'll be able to withdraw some goodness for yourself. Yeah. I'm wondering though, if that might be a road to some huge levels of disappointment for some people, because are you familiar with the Simpsons at all? Or, or, like or the, the TV show? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Us philosophers, it's like prerequisite. Oh, you watch the Simpsons. Awesome. <laughs> like there's this episode where like Ned Flanders, you know, has his entire house destroyed in a hurricane, but he fashions himself a good person. And I think this can happen to like, many good people where it's like they do good they do good they do good they do good and then something unspeakable happens a loved one dies or you know something terrible they lose their home something terrible happens and then they have an entire existential crisis because they thought all along that they were depositing all this funding into like the karma bank and that that would kind of like, it's like an insurance policy. Like there can't be any hurricane that happens to me. There can't be, my loved ones can't die right away. And I think that if you have that state of mind that this is like an insurance policy, you're going to be in for some, some pretty, some, some terrible hurt, I would say. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. My family and I, we were actually just having this discussion because one of our close family friends, they've gone through like really horrific things in their lives where like, they lost their mother because they moved into a new house. They like just started a company. It was doing really well, moved into this new house. They went to open up the refrigerator, wasn't bolted into the wall and fell on the mom and she died. And just like a couple of weeks ago, the dad was riding on his motorcycle, got hit by a car and he's been in a coma. So it's like, it's, it's absolutely terrible. And these were wonderful people. So we have to question like, if there is a God, if there is this karmic universe where there are these points, why do these bad things happen? It's, I don't, you know, it's hard to, to, it's hard to explain. It's hard to put a point on. And as humans, we like to have an answer for everything. And sometimes there isn't, but I think sometimes, and I've heard this, I don't necessarily know if I believe it, but there's also generational karma. So maybe you are family, me right now, presently, we're not the ones who have quote unquote, gotten the bad karma in the mix. We don't have the negative bank account or whatever in the karmic point section, but maybe people in our generation before us, or, you know, great grandparents, whatever it is, they have done something that's kind of trickled down into our generation or whatever generation is experiencing that type of, you know, craziness. It's, it almost reminds me of, did you ever watch the movie Holes? Uh, no, no. Oh, oh my God. So there's a, they talk about this, family who um they essentially get cursed and it's like 27 years and blah 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 blah, and they have to do all these things and then eventually the curse is lifted so it, it almost makes me think like from a witchcraft perspective like something <laughs> really weird is going on i don't know if it, how this is happening because it's, it's hard because there's also the idea of positive mindset which i think sometimes can change things as well 
Because um, sure. I feel like when I was younger, I definitely was, as you maybe would say, I attracted not the right people, bad moments, bad experiences. And then as I've gotten older and I've trained my mindset to be more positive, I think not only do you experience life more pleasantly on a day-to-day basis because you don't get so down, you know, in the dumps when you think about the negative things or those, you know, hurricane hits your house, house moments happen. Um, mm. Uh, but yeah, it's still, I want to, I want to talk about, uh, this issue with, um, the person who's like really good and something bad happens to them, because I also feel like if you subscribe to generational karma or you describe to even regular karma, you may have a really good person and then something unfortunate happens to them. And then everyone starts saying, or at least some people might say, oh, that person has a hidden secret or there's got to be a bunch of dead bodies frozen in the freezer there. <laughs> like, 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 because like, I, feel, I feel like karma in a way can also rob a really good person who's fallen on bad times and, and sort of rob them of their reputation. Um, there's also this idea of something in, in Christianity called predestination. And that's this idea that God has already determined if you're going to heaven or hell the moment you were born. Like you had no say in that, like it's already been decided. And if a bunch of bad stuff happens to you throughout your lifetime, then that means God's already made up your mind. You're, you're going straight to hell. No, no ifs, ands, or buts. And if you're really rich and you had a lot of success in your life, that means you're going straight to heaven. So I, I feel like we, we as humans hate uncertainty and we like rules. We like rules that are just and fair. So I think that there could be this very negative onus where something bad happens to a good person. And now we're like digging out the X-Files of like every little thing that they did to, to justify why this bad thing happened to them. It could also be argued that a lot of the, the people who've experienced those negative things in this lifetime need to experience them to become a better person so that their next lifetime you know, they've then learned from it and they can have that experience of more positive experiences and the money and the fame and whatever it is that their hearts desire. But I mean, there are plenty of people who even, okay, for example, the CEO of MyPillow, I'm pretty sure he was a drug addict for X amount of years, was kind of like a low life. And, you know, 30 years something so years later, he's now, you know, I, I don't know what the actual process was, but he turned his life around. He had this huge aha moment and now he has this huge business. And I mean, there's plenty of other people like that, even, you know, famous celebrities who finally after years got their shot. Like I think the woman who plays Cookie on the show, um, I forget what the show is. Anyway, so she had a kid when she was in college and obviously that kind of set her back a bit. And then finally in her thirties, which is pretty late for a movie star, she finally got her, you know, her debut and now she's like this hot shot. So, I mean, I think everyone gets their, how would you say? They're just desserts. Yeah. I, and I think it all happens exactly as it needs to. And I mean, I've had terrible things happen in my life as well. And whether it's like crippling deaths or deaths in the family or whatever it is. And each one of those layers is what made me and brought me to where I am now. It is mindset too, frankly. So maybe like that hardship that's happening to that good person, uh, that good person, it's going to eventually make them an even better person. Like, like that they can handle that hardship. So like they have um, a crippling death in their, in their family. I I, I see that. I, I see that. But I think that there's a lot of 
karma watchers out there who are, who are really like got little journals and tabs. And it, it might fall to a point where it's like, well, geez. And it's also the, the, um, the inverse of this as well. There's probably a bunch of nasty bad people that are also getting some awesome rewards. You know, there's that guy who probably lied on his taxes or whatever, and he drives like a fancy car and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So if you're spending your entire life like as an accountant trying to figure this stuff out, I just think you're going to go crazy. Yeah, I can definitely see that, you know, spinning your head on these things. Um, and I, a lot of people also, they go out of their way, especially, I, so I work in a very um, corporate environment and there are these people who, um, I'm thinking of this one individual specifically, and she is the mother of three. She's like the head of a certain department. She manages all this stuff. She's come such a long way in her career. And then on top of that, she has all these roundtable events that she goes to. She mentors people, donates to charity, like does all this stuff. And I just think, how do you do it all? I mean, <laughs> is it actually feel good that you're doing it? Like putting in the money, putting in the time, are these people actually practicing gratitude? Or are you doing it again just because it's either A, you like, you're maybe a workaholic and you just like to jam back your schedule, or are you doing it for a reason that might not be just? Like it, it just doesn't, you know, is it not fulfilling you? So, yeah. So shifting the conversation back to the idea of gratitude. Okay. Let, let's uh, table karma aside for a second. So if we go back to the uh, example I gave in the intro with me helping the elderly lady and, and let's take this, um, uh, this lady who you work with in marketing, for example, after that experience that I had helping that elderly lady, or, you know, maybe it wasn't in that moment, maybe it was a few years later, I came to this revelation like, okay, I do like helping people. I really do. But I don't feel it's right to help people who aren't grateful. So I, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking to this, this lady that you're discussing who mentors people and, and, and inspires them and so forth. I'm wondering if she also has like a rule system in her head where she wants to help as many people as possible. But then if she has her own elderly lady kind of experience of like somebody using her or showing just high levels of ingratitude, if she kind of like pivots a little bit and, and, and changes it up. Uh, from, I mean, from what I've seen, it, it seems like she's a all or nothing type of person. I haven't actually had, you know, that conversation of like, Hey, like, do you like what you're doing every single day? Are you going crazy yet? But in my own experience, I, um, I actually used to do a lot of volunteering with Habitat for Humanity, which is a wonderful organization. They do great things. But at certain points, how much, how much am I, I'm putting in so much time that I'm losing my weekend. And, you know, who's to say that it, the money's going where it's supposed to, or the people who are then, you know, getting to live in these um, apartment buildings that have then been repainted, and I spent eight hours doing it, like, do they really care that we did it? Like, I, I'm not really sure. So that warm, fuzzy feeling doesn't always come, which obviously puts a little bit of a damper on it because, you know, if I spend a whole weekend working on a rehabilitation project, you know, in a really maybe a part of the neighborhood that's not so great, um, and it came as a free type of, you know, thing to this neighborhood or community, you know, it, it doesn't feel that great. It doesn't. And then I just have to, you know, question everything that I do. Sometimes you become a, like, unintentionally become a bit selfish. And in, I don't want to say that in a bad way, because it is good, right? We're in, entering into a time where people say, you know, worry about yourself, like, make sure you're, you're taking care of first before you take care of other. It's like the, 
when people say about moms, how they have to take care of themselves first, like put your mask on before you put your kid's mask on. on yeah, the right. You know, like, is that the same thing? Do, should we abide by those same rules when, you know, doing those good things to others? Or is that technically make you a bad person is another question. I, I would actually use the word like resentfulness. Like I wouldn't necessarily say it's like selfish. It's just you're kind of resentful a little bit that like, hey, I put in eight hours painting your wall here and you don't really seem to notice that. And, and that, that, that can actually build resentfulness. I'm wondering this other thing though, is that let's say that you keep on giving, 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 giving. Are you perhaps doing that other person a disservice and and hear me out on this because if you keep on giving somebody something they're not really learning anything on their own like they're they're not they're not they're not becoming a better person and they're sort of becoming more selfish themselves they're like oh well i got aaron and gabby here and they, they got me covered you know like imagine you had a friend that always ate out with you and they were like Oh, I'm with Gabby. She's got my drinks. She's got me covered. And, and, you know, maybe that happened once on her birthday, but then it just kept on happening and happening and happening. Are you perhaps doing her a disservice by constantly taking her out and just letting her think that everything is totally fine by you paying for her every single time you go out? I mean, isn't that what being a parent is? I mean, like, I'm not a parent, but I feel like as a, as a parent, you have your kids and after a while, they just expect like, more, more, more. I want this. I want this. I want this. Like, give me that. Um, well, I, well, okay. I think with a parent, though, there is kind of like an investment-like relationship there. I think there's this idea that, one, your seven-year-old doesn't have any money in the bank to go ahead and, <laughs> and, and, and like, order a glass of red wine, right? Like, you, you know, so your seven-year-old is completely tied to you at the hip, and, and there's nothing they can do about it. And there's also, like, this, in, like, you, you have agreed to embark upon the journey of, of, of parenthood, right? And with that journey of parenthood comes responsibilities. And as your kid gets older, you're going to start putting more things on their plate. You're going to be like, hey, I think you're old enough to do the laundry now. Um, let's go ahead and, let, let's go ahead and <laughs> yeah, see that. Are. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's go ahead and see that happening. You know, so the only reason you're kind of being quote, nice to your kids is because they're incapable, right? And the idea is to cultivate that, um, that capable mindset and that those capabilities within them. But I'm thinking with like an older colleague of yours or a person the same age as you, you almost have a responsibility, even though you're not their parent, you kind of have that responsibility to have that conversation with that friend and be like, hey, would you like to take the check today? Or, or like, you know, I notice I've been doing this just so that you're, you're doing, you're being a good friend by making them aware of something that they may not even be aware of. Yeah. And you're making them into a better person because now when you paint their walls for eight hours, they, they have now learned, oh, I need to really be thankful and, and maybe bake a little cookies for these kind people <laughs> building this nice house for myself. Those are good points. Yeah. I, I, I think there are two different conversations to be had because I feel like money is a whole nother monster. Like, especially as a society, it's we just, we're not accustomed to talking about money. Um, and especially when it goes, you know, talk, we have to talk about, Hey, can we split the check? Or like, mm. Hey, you need to be paying more on rent because you're not doing X, Y, and Z or like whatever it is. But um, if it's something that's more anything but money. So let's say, yeah, painting, moving a friend into a new apartment, helping wash a car, you know, with groceries, whatever it is. Um, I found that 
if you have those hard conversations with people and you just say, hey, you know, very nicely, emphasis on the very nicely part, um, you know, can you do this? Can you help that? Or like, you know, maybe you should do it this time. Or like, can I show you how to do this instead of me doing it for you? Um, a lot of people are open to the idea, but it, you have to come from a place of like love and understanding because I've found that that backfires that backfire if, you know, if I don't take the emotion out of it first. So if something's really bothering me, whether it's paying for someone constantly for dinner or constantly helping someone with the project or not feeling like, I'm getting any type of, the person is, the person, you know, the recipient is just not getting, um, feeling that grateful about it. But then I'll have to like journal or like kind of like do a stream of consciousness to like word vomit everything that I'm feeling about them. And then I can go back and like have a more adult <laughs> conversation with them about it. Yeah, no, I, and, and like I said, I think the money thing, uh, it's not all about the money, by the way, because like, let, let's say you make, 15 times more than your friend and you know that your friend has just lost their job like not everyone is standing on 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 the same playing field 100% total get this what sometimes does happen is if I have a friend that's on hard times sometimes I'll be like hey man you want to go out tonight it's a Friday and they'll say something like oh you know man I, I'm just I just lost my job or I just don't have the funds and I'll and then I'll step in and be like I got you man just, just, just hop along or, or, or just like, come on, on. And, and, and then they will be so thankful. They will just be like, man, thank you for inviting me out. They're paying me back with warm fuzziness. Like I'm not asking for, um, you know, I'm not asking for even money in those instances and nor do I expect for them to ever pay me back. But I think every human being, no matter how impoverished you are, no matter how uh, dark your plight is, you always have the opportunity to really be like, thank you. Like, thank, thank you for taking me out today. That was very nice of you. And, and hopefully I can do the same one day for you as well. Even if they don't even mean that last part, just giving them that like genuine thank you. I, I don't understand why we're not all capable of doing that much. I think maybe also people just aren't taught to do it. I don't know. I really don't know. I just, um, especially we have both been teachers before. We've seen such an, in, like, a variety of students in terms of how they receive things, how they acknowledge the recipient of X, Y, and Z, or, you know, how they express gratitude if they do at all. It does, I think, come with upbringing, but then you also have to question, are we just living in a, in a society where people are being brought up in a different way? Mm. Or is it the, you know, our, is our entertainment industry hurting us? Or you know, um, are we becoming desensitized? Is social media the downfall of like the generation that does good? I'm not sure because there are, there are a lot of other things at play. Like this upcoming generation, they are super active. They have a voice. They try to take care of the planet and do all these things that maybe generations before haven't, but then others can maybe think that, oh, you're really selfish. And like, maybe you're not being grateful or, um, you don't experience, you know, you haven't de dealt with hardship like we have, like, especially my grandmother was around during the Great Depression. Like she had yeah. experienced a completely, completely different reality than what I have. Like she, like maybe went on a trip a couple of times in her life for vacation. And here we are Americans, it's normal to go on vacation, you know, a couple of times a year. So how do you experience life? Are you grateful for what you have and relatively to everyone else? 
I notice that sometimes like our, our most privileged or wealthiest people can be sometimes the most ungrateful. And both me and you have actually worked in the midtown, downtown Manhattan business suit, business casual or smart cat, whatever they call it. Now, I don't even know. But <laughs> we, we've worked in, in that kind of midtown like office environment. And one thing, and I was talking about this a few episodes ago with my friend Alexander, is when you hold the door open for somebody, and they don't say thank you. Like th this to me is like such a, such a s basic thing and, and not one of those, like I go in first and I kind of just like hold the door open a little bit. So but, like, I've actually been, like been the first one there, open the door fully and allow two or three people to just enter. And then I entered after them. Not a thank you. Oh, thank you. Like nothing. Just, just like, yes, I'm entitled to this door. You are like one of those garage doors that just opens and I am entitled to just walk right through here. And that doesn't make me feel good. And I don't know. I, I don't, am, am I, am I a bad person for, for not feeling good about holding the door open for people when they don't say thank you? <laughs> no, I, I, I actually noticed the same exact things because I always, it's been ingrained in my mind every time I open a door, even if I'm not fully opening it up and someone goes through, it's more of like, I'll go through first, push it, and then look behind me and see if anyone's there. And yeah. then obviously if they're there, I like wait for them to catch the door. Um, but there are people where they've gone before me and I'm like waiting for them to keep the door open and it like slams in my face. And I'm like, are you <laughs> serious? Are you serious? Like <laughs> your parents that teach you? Like, I don't know. It, it's something I have such a pet peeve about it. I don't and know if it's just my thing that I, I'm not sure. But this is my thing is that, you know, assuming, and look, I'm making a generalization here, but assuming these people did come from some kind of privilege or whatever, maybe if somebody had just kind of stood up to them earlier in their life and said, hey, you need to say thank you for that, or hey, you see that I've been doing this for you for the past four days. If someone had had one of those like hard conversations with them, maybe not, not just once, but a few times earlier in their life, maybe when they, when they were in like elementary or middle school, then they would have evolved into the type of people that say, thank you when someone opens the door. But I feel like if we keep giving, 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 and not really taking into account the reciprocity, that's how we can kind of breed a society of ungratefulness. Yeah, I could definitely see that. But I wonder if it's like, and this is a question I'm generally asking, like, yeah. it, could it be a cultural thing throughout the world? Like, you're not allowed to make eye contact as the sign of disrespect, like, in certain sure. instances. So again, I don't know if necessarily holding a door falls into that category. But generally speaking, is, are there certain cultures that would find it disrespectful or, or I will I, I will say this a lot of the people who didn't say thank you were just straight up Americans or 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 no, just or, or like, like I, I mean like the, the, it's it's you know everyone's an American so it's hard but I could say like had had probably had ancestors that have been in this country for quite some time and I think that it was in like this is I'm just entitled to this kind, kind of mentality and I don't know where where that comes from like i don't know what in your upbringing or in what culture that you know i i think every culture you need to be respectful say thank you like i think that's a tenant of i can't think of any culture that does not stress being thankful and showing forms of gratitude and being polite i think every culture stresses that and stresses it highly i'm just wondering if like 
if we've if we've stopped pointing these things out as much, then people just accept these things. They just take it as grand. If that's the case, it's we're living in a really really sad like world. <laughs> yeah, but hopefully. Actually, I like. I just. I love those small moments, especially like I work in such a large company. I on a daily basis. Well, when we were back in the office as we normally were, on a daily basis, just people coming in and out of our door in our office when they use the restroom or go to the kitchen. And then, you know, you open that door, they're thankful. And then immediately you start having this wonderful conversation. I don't know. It's just a really, it's a really nice feeling. It's a great and easy way to connect with people. There's nothing hard about it. There's absolutely Mm. nothing hard about little acts of kindness like that, um, that are, they used to be ingrained in our morals. I don't know if it seems like maybe we're straying away from stuff like that, which is really sad. But there's so much benefit of doing it. I don't know why you wouldn't. When you stand up to this kind of stuff, like you don't want to be the guy or the gal who's like, uh, hello, I held the door open for you. Cause then you're actually the one that gets labeled the jerk. Like it's yeah. assumed, it's assumed that you should do this very kind thing and you should kind of also just be silent for it. I don't know how I'm actually, I don't have an answer to that. I don't know how I feel. I, I've never, any time that I've done a nice thing and it wasn't reciprocated, even with the elderly lady, I wasn't like, uh, hello, I helped you with your grocery. <laughs> you know, like, I didn't pull any of that yeah. stuff out because I just felt like, I kind of just had this feeling like I was at Vegas and this is just a complete loss. Like I just, I just lost a hundred dollars to the slot machine and I just need to walk away right now. <laughs> well, do you think with that experience with the elderly lady, like, so when things like that have happened in my life, maybe not to that extent of someone yelling at me very yeah, angrily, yeah. because I think honestly, I'd probably be scared to tears <laughs> instead of actually being angry. But And, and there was probably um, a lot of, you know, mental issues there as well. Yeah, like, this person was probably not with a full deck. Like something that I've grown up, my parents have said to me, which I think has helped a lot in my, as I've gotten older and these quote unquote bad experiences happen is that they always tell me it's not you, it's them. They're going, there's something negative going on in their world and they're kind of projecting it onto you or they're making you out to be the bad person, even though it has absolutely nothing to do with you. Like maybe they're in a fight with their significant other or they're late on their rent or they lost their job. And then they find you the nice person, you know, and they just like blow up in your face for the littlest thing, which I think I'm guilty of doing in my younger years. But, you know, there's plenty of people going around nowadays who maybe aren't, don't necessarily see it from that perspective or kind of process their emotions to prevent something like that from happening. I I think as of late, that has helped a great deal. Um, You know, and I also realize that we're in highly turbulent kind of volatile times, right? And like people are on high alert. So I am, I have become like a little bit more forgiving of like, okay, maybe this person is going through a really rough patch right now. And that's why they can't see the the generosity or the kindness around them because someone, someone, it, it might, you might be right. Like there might be somebody that's extracting hardship and and maybe like pain onto this person and because they're in pain they don't even know how to say thank you anymore because they're in such pain and in such hurt and in such a dark place that it i imagine their mind is like this dark basement cellar and there's not a single window and even if it's a perfectly sunny day outside they can't see the sun because they're in this cellar like basement that sounds really really sad (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I mean, that kind of, it just, I feel like it's depression 
especially nowadays with everything going on, it just talked. Luckily, people are going back to work and their stay at home restrictions are being lifted. But I think we all kind of felt that way. March, April, May. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think a lot of people probably overreacted and, and for maybe I'm not saying for good reason, but at least understandable reasons. Okay, yeah. going back to now tying this in with karma again. If you are a karma watcher, right? Like we got Weight Watchers, and now we got Karma Watchers out there. Maybe there'll be a new, <laughs> a new new program with that. If you're a karma watcher, and it could also be one of these people that believes, yep, if I just be good, 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 heaven, heaven, heaven. You know, we we could use karma and heaven in that in that same sentence. Are these people actually really good? And this was like, this is the question that I really, and this is like a very intense ethical question because I would argue that the pure good person could help the elderly lady and they, they, if they saw that elderly lady again and they knew the outcome, they knew that this, they would get cursed out again, they would still keep on doing it. Like the pure good person would see that elderly lady a week later, still help her with her groceries, knowing full well, I'm going to get cursed out. Whereas the karma watcher is going to be, well, you know, I didn't get the good feeling and she's mentally ill. I, I don't know. I don't know how this is like, I don't know how this is going to look on my balance sheet. Right. <laughs> you know, and I'll be honest. I, if I saw her, I did see her actually several times in the future and I did not help her because I could not, I could not stomach to help her again because I knew that it was kind of going into the black void of, of no reciprocity. So I'm wondering, are these karma people genuinely good people or are they just worried about their afterlife or winning the lottery in three weeks from now? To answer, I don't think there's necessarily a right or wrong answer to it. It's obviously an observation because I've seen plenty of people who do strive to do good every single day uh, and they are genuinely good people. And then maybe they sometimes make bad judgments on those karma calls, if you will, or doing those karmic things. God awful people who they go to church every single day and they like, you know, go to do, do again, do the checklist. And meanwhile, we know like that's a facade. Right. Just doing it to try to, whether it's boosting your ego and cleaning the slate, like if you've already done so much bad, I don't even know if you can be revived, frankly. It's almost like, like tricking God in, in, in a sense, because I, I think with that, this lady you work with in marketing, she seems like a way better person than me in the sense that if you're a karma watcher, as soon as you see that there's a discrepancy in your books of like, wait a minute, I, I did all these good things and this is how I got rewarded. You're going to drop the whole facade. Like the whole facade is over. You're going to be like, well, I'm going to be bad, bad, bad. And I think that you can't do these good things. If you really fashion yourself a good person, which I, I don't, I'm not fully there yet, but if you do fashion yourself a really, 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 really good person, then you can't be a karma watcher because there's going to be a discrepancy. There's going to be this point, like in that, in that marketing lady's life, there's probably been some people who burned her, but if she was a karma watcher, she would just give up on being good to people and be like, no, I got to be more conservative with the way I'm helping people. But if you're really a good person, then you're not keeping tabs. I think I could somewhat agree on that. Um, I think there's always, there's always like deviations of it. There's always, um, 
not one person falls into one category. I used to be more of a karma watcher. Like when I first entered into Buddhism and was really observing it, doing the meditations, had my, you know, the whole setup. There were days where I would hit those rough patches or meet those people who kind of didn't do the right thing. And it puts a damper. And unless you kind of change the way you think in more positive light and recognize that it's not necessarily you or that's teaching you a lesson or a phrase I really like to use is just like surrender to the experience and observe versus react, like versus reacting to it. You know, I I like what you're saying, Gabby, because there almost is like, I, I feel that if you do enough good things, it does, it does make you feel good about yourself. Like there's no, there's no doubt about it. And you may feel bad about yourself in those instances where there is no reciprocity, but I will say this. I think that that elderly lady is probably a huge outlier. I think the average elderly lady that you help on the street, you know, cross the street or with their groceries, you will get like that giant thank you. Like speaking of that, I actually do have another elderly lady who lives right across from me in my apartment, right? I seem to be an elderly lady magnet here. (laughs) Um, You know, and she's always so grateful. Like, like she, she has problems like opening up, like, like what's up on WhatsApp or whatever on her phone. And, you know, her grandchildren send her pictures and I help her with her phone. And she always gives me like these giant thank yous. And she, like, even sometimes she comes by and gives me fruit that I don't really even necessarily want or need, but the gratitude is there. And I, I think that like most of the time that you do these nice things, it is, it is appreciated to some degree. So I think that it's better to err on being kind than not kind because chances are it will kind of work out. Yeah, I can agree with that. There's so much to be said about it. We'll never, we'll never fully um, get to the answer until the next life. And then if you, <laughs> if you see me as a dog, you know, just be nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. Gabby, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. This concludes the 30th episode of the Truth Island podcast. I'm Aaron Azrod.